Hey guys, this is Derek's. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Voice of Freedom podcast. This is episode number three. And in this episode, Ronell and I are talking about white privilege. So I know this may invoke a lot of different emotions, regardless of your, your background or the way you may view the world today. But I believe as kingdom citizens, we have a right to engage in every conversation and release heaven's perspective on it. So listen up to uh, Ronell and I as we attempt to engage in this conversation. Thank you and buckle up. It's gonna be a wild ride. Welcome to the Voice of Freedom podcast. Yes. I'm Ron L. Tate. I'm Darius Betts. And we are your host for the Voice of Freedom. And we're so excited to be with you. It's been a few weeks now. Been a few weeks, yeah. probably about a month. So yeah, it's yeah. Uh, some time has elapsed, but you know, we're excited, glad to be here. And one thing that I did have in mind, I want to thank those that have uh, been going on this journey with us, yeah, yeah. those that have watched the previous episodes, those that were uh, came on live. Oh, just my phone. Even Word. those who, um, you that's know, have watched. When you're live. That's what happens when you're live. <laughs> it happens. But yeah, I just wanted to thank people for just uh, engaging with us and yeah. that we're not doing this alone. So we, we thank you guys and just yeah. definitely want to get a shout out to everybody yeah. that's been joining. So yes. thank, thank you, you guys. so much for liking our new Voice of Freedom page and jumping on. We want to do everything through there, funnel everything that we do through that place. And everything that the Lord is highlighting to us to place there for us to gain this place of unity that he has for us. He has it for all of us, not just for some of us, but for all of us. And that's, that's our heart and that's our desire. And uh, so t tonight, we, uh, we want to jump right in. Uh, we pray that you all are enjoying our new setup here. No yeah. longer a picture of Puerto Rico behind us. The picture is gone. It's yeah. actually on the other side of the room, actually. <laughs> yes. But we have, you know, you have beautiful scenery of Frisco, Texas behind us. Uh, but we want to jump right into uh, our topic for tonight. And if you saw it across the screen there, it is this title, White Privilege. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know what I thought about when, when we said that? I was like, man, here we go again. I know people are like, man, they, they, they're hitting on so many controversial topics. And uh, what, I, what we've seen in the past is that the church or uh, people who are believers in Jesus, they tend to stray, stray away from those topics yeah, that yeah. seem to be sensitive and yeah. things like that. But God has not left anything off limits to us. That's right. We should be leading conversations yeah. in every sphere of culture. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah. uh, hopefully the uh, title doesn't run people off, but we're yeah. here. We're going to dive into it. I, I hope it doesn't <laughs> run people off, but I hope it doesn't make people join just because they think on one side we're going to be bashing someone yeah. or whatever. But if they do... They'll we, get the truth by the end. Exactly. Hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> You know, and this title, I, I, I wanted to read this definition. I don't know if you have one. No, no, go for it. I wanted to read this definition as we're starting to jump into this because we hear this term white privilege. Right. And people on both sides are offended. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're offended. at it. This word privilege, you, you, this is your good old Webster's dictionary definition yeah. of the word privilege. Okay. I'm going to give you two definitions. One. It's the right or immunity granted as a particular benefit, advantage, or favor, okay? Such as a right or immunity attached uh, sacrificially to a position or office. The second one, to grant a privilege to. To accord a higher value, listen to this, to accord a higher value or superior position mm -hmm. to privilege, okay? Wow. <laughs> so wow. that's where that's where we're, we're, we're starting from. So that, that's the position. That's our Webster's definition. definition. And, and I, I want to mention something. Immediately when I was writing this, I immediately thought of, you know what I thought of? I immediately thought of the argument against the police department. And I thought about police unions and how they create a place of privilege 
for police officers. Now, you can argue on either side, and I see both. On one side, that place of privilege is a good thing because you have, here in the United States, we do police differently than in London, mm -hmm. per se. They don't carry weapons. Right. Well, if we're going to ask our police to, you have to give them a certain position when right. you're putting people into volatile situations. Right. But then on the right. other hand, <laughs> you have people who are rogue and who do right. things totally off of it. Some bad apples. You, you had some bad apples and That's you've true. created a place of immunity. Right. So on both sides, I can see the argument. Right. But we're talking right here in this scenario about white privilege inside of society, whether it has existed, whether it's real, right. whether it's real today, et cetera. Right. And so if we could start at this just this one place and then I think we if we could dive yeah, over into your example. example yeah 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 this one place if we on either side of the argument wherever we may be when we talk about privilege and white privilege if you go all the way back to the first day that the men from Britain and Europe stepped on the soils of Africa and the kings of the tribes of Africa willingly traded and sold their own people into the hands of the British, you know, for whatever, whatever. was traded. Mm -hmm. What you immediately did is created a system of privilege and non-privilege. Right. E right off the bat. Superior versus inferior. Uh, yes. It was, it was at that moment. It, at that, that moment. That we created that we created environment, that. culture, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And so we cannot shy away from that, even inside the church. Right. We can, and we cannot uh, become combative and argumentative. This is just what has happened in history. You immediately created, we are better than you. Right. We, we've created a system. It says, uh, this definition says, to accord a higher value. Mm -hmm. We immediately placed a lower value on a people group, we devalued a people group and placed a higher value on another people group, creating privilege inside of our society right. here on the soils of America. E immediately on in the Bahamas and Jamaica, in different right. islands and places, right. we immediately did that. So from the founding and the building and working of our nation, we set up a system of one group of people having a greater value than another group of people. Uh, we could even add the Native Americans into that. Oh yeah, for into sure. that. For you sure. know, so it's not just black versus white or right. white. You know what I mean, it's it's not that, but it is this thing where there has been a value, and we have to acknowledge that. Right. If we're going to come to this place of freedom as a people group together in unity, we have to acknowledge that there has been a privilege placed in our society upon one people group versus another. And then we would have people say, well, we don't live in slavery and those things anymore. I was just thinking that, <laughs> honestly, because we, we dived into that a little bit with systemic racism yes. and how its roots was in that. But actually from that place, even though that happened, you know, many years ago, mm -hmm. that culture was created and permeated and is still here today. Yeah. So that's why we're still talking about yeah. like slavery and things like that. It's because that system that was put in place, it created, like you say, that division or that superiority versus inferiority. And then it just began to continue down the course of our history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So that's why we're still talking about that, and that's why it's still here. Yeah. And thus, we still now we're at this conversation yeah. of white privilege. If, if we if we think about it, the scripture tells us that the number of man's days shall be 120 years. Right? Mm -hmm. That's one generation in God's eye. Mm -hmm. Slavery was ended huh. 100 and. 40, almost, almost 134 years ago, what, 1866? Yeah. Or 1886, I mean, so it's even less, less than 140 years. So we're talking basically just a little over one generation. Right. And yes, I know we don't 
lived, lived that long. That long. I, so I, I understand that. If you want to give it two, that's still not that long ago, to be honest. And it's still not two full generations. Right. So we're talking two full generations that we ended, quote unquote, the the system overview that the legal where it was legal yes and, yeah. and and that's where i think where people get confused as well just because there was a law passed and says hey now this is illegal it didn't change the way people were viewed yeah the hearts of people didn't mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. so no matter what your laws are if 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 hearts haven't changed then that's still gonna seep down through culture yeah. Yeah. which creates where we are today. Yeah. Uh, and we, we know it's not everyone. Absolutely. We, we, absolutely for sure. we understand that, but we're talking about the culture and the, the context which we live here in America. We, we have been, we just had the civil rights, the civil rights movement as a whole came to a close four years before I was born. Mm -hmm. you, you know, basically. I'm 48. So Dr. King was assassinated in 68. Right. So just four years. So we're talking 50 years ago. We still were fighting against the culture that was created there was from this remnant. system. Yes. Right. There was a remnant of yeah. Yeah. slavery. And so we still have remnants of this today. Right. Uh, right. You you want to give that example? <laughs> yeah, and honestly, when we talk about privilege as well, I think we need to also say that you know we, privilege just as a, a general, like the definition you said, mm -hmm. privilege in itself, it's not bad. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with privilege. Absolutely, right? If the if the president walks in the room and, and people are gonna respond a certain way, Absolutely. and that's privilege, mm -hmm. you know. So privilege in itself is not bad or anything like that. But when privilege or those that are privileged don't recognize that they have privilege and what that does to those that doesn't, I think that's where that's the problem, problem comes, comes in, in right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bishop Jakes gave a good example of privilege. He said, yeah, I have pastor's privilege. Yeah. He yeah. said he, when he walks into a church or walks into a meeting, you know, people immediately come, in to, come up to him and say, hey, do you need some water? What can I get for you? Do you need this and do that? And he says, I understand. That's privilege because when, yeah. a, when someone else walks into the room, you know, they don't get they don't that get type that of treatment, treatment or whatever. Mm -hmm. So he says, I understand about privilege, right? So the issue is not that you have privilege. It's, it's an issue when you have privilege and you don't understand the people that don't. Yeah. What, what I thought about as well when we talked about privilege, to take it even a step further, it's, it's, it's majority culture mm -hmm. versus minority culture. Yeah. Yeah. So when you live in a majority culture, you don't understand that, that you, you are in the majority. Mm -hmm. You know, you just go about living your life. What's because to you is not Right, because it's normal. Yeah, you were yeah. born with that yeah. and things like that. So when we talk about, you know, uh, say, for example, white privilege in white America, there's this privilege because you are in majority culture. Mm -hmm. So everything that you view is through the lens of a majority. So if you don't have a conversation or begin to, to allow God to... To, to touch your heart so that you can feel what it's like to live in, as a minority in a minority culture, then you will never have a grid for what that is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so, you know, that's when we talk about privilege and uh, white privilege, that's what we're saying. We're not saying, we're saying in of itself, it's not something that's wrong because you didn't create it. Mm -hmm. It was handed down. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it was passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. But what we're saying is you do have to recognize that you have it so that when you interact with someone else that doesn't have it, it's not lorded over them yeah. or your view is not uh, you don't look down upon someone yeah. else yeah. Yeah. because yeah. you're viewing it through that lens. You, you know, we have in, in society, I was just thinking as you were saying that is that there are oftentimes when we need to say this, say in growing up in, uh, in all, I was about to say predominantly, but no, all African-American community, yeah. it wasn't just predominantly, it was all. Your view sometimes is that when you see uh, white America, 
you know, and, and again, I want to preface, I want to say that we don't like using these terms. Yeah. They're <laughs> simply for context. And the reason we keep saying that is because the more we identify people by their skin tone, the more we're separating and dividing people. We keep the divisive conversation and we don't want to do that. But for context right. sake, uh, in, in my culture where we were, we would look and think how privileged people who own businesses their children were. And like, it's unfair. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. My children will be privileged, you know, from right. my standpoint. As being they actually a, already are, yeah, are yeah. from where we were yeah, at their absolutely, age. Absolutely. You know, my children are already, and being a pastor, my children are privileged in that there are certain things afforded to them that other members of my congregation, <laughs> their children aren't afforded to yeah. They, my 10 year old son has already been allowed to pray in front of the the congregation yeah. no one else's children or no right. one else really I mean there's a certain aspect of privilege but when you are sometimes in the minority culture you misinterpret that right. you know what I mean yeah. for you misinterpret privilege in a way that is just to be lorded it's lording over you and sometimes it may not be Right. So we have this, this dual aspect where you have people who are in maybe a privileged right. society who don't recognize that they are and don't recognize those who are not as being any different than them when they are. And then you may have those who are in a non-privileged sector of society thinking that, the, that it's unfair yeah. What is taking place, and it's why don't not. I have this, or why, yeah, yeah. Why, why don't I have this? Why don't mm -hmm. my neighborhood like look like mm -hmm. this and things like that? Yeah, so, you know, it, yeah. It, it's this. Those examples. It, yeah. You know, we can dive into some examples. We, man, we it's it's the aspect of though we like we talked about with systemic systemic racism, we broke down the law, so to speak. The entire system wasn't taken apart, and so therefore. You have a disparity in schools. Right. You know, you have a disparity in funding for those schools. You, you have a disparity in a lot of different ways. And it's this aspect of privilege. And sometimes, you know, it's unspoken on both sides. It's, it's like, this is just how it is. Yeah, this is how it is. You, what, you really get that in your heart. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going to be like that. It's see, just even, how it is. Even when you talk about schools, right? And we talk about funding. So if we look at how we do it in America, schools are funded based upon property taxes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you live in a fluent area where the, uh, the, the, the home values are higher priced, then you have more money for taxes to put into the schools so you automatically have better schools. So basically what you've set up is affluent communities, which most of the times are non minorities for in the majority and I know that's a blanket statement yeah, so yeah. you know you can if you want to message us and say we're wrong I'm okay yeah, yeah, with yeah, that yeah. but I'm saying as a, as a general and you look at at uh, poor areas which most a lot of those are uh, minorities mm -hmm. um, the schools don't get as much because the house home values are not as much so if we look at the laws it's justified Right. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just it's because, hey, mm -hmm. the home values are, are less. So automatically there's less money for taxes. So you don't have as much for schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the laws. What can we do? Yeah. But as a, as a citizen of, of heaven, right, where there is no yeah. uh, respect of person, mm -hmm. is that system just right? Can we do it a different way? Because because a person is poor or they're affluent, should they have a right to a good education? Yeah. And I believe our nation definitely is yeah. bigger than that. Yeah. So I definitely, I wanted to dive into that to give it really specific example yeah. of that still can be considered a way of white privilege. Yeah, for sure. A absolutely. And uh, we, there are in our society right now, there are, we, and we've talked about this, there are differences in conversation that are had inside of yeah. a household that may, that may be white versus a household that yeah. may be black. There are differences in conversation based on your, your view of the status that you hold. Right. It, it may be true, it may not be true, but your view. 
there are certain conversations that, and, and you know, we've had a lot talked about with police and things like right. that. There are certain conversations that uh, white households often will not or don't have to have with their children concerning how they interact with the police right. versus sometimes black household. And not that that is just one group's fault, but all of us collectively have to recognize that there's a disparity inside of households in America and that we have to come back to this place of equality right. to where uh, me and Derek's and I were talking earlier and just this idea that where we live right now is an affluent area. I've never lived in an area like this. Meaning before, <laughs> before 2010, when I moved here, never. Never lived like this. And there is a great amount of wealth here. And I don't just mean monetary wealth, but I mean wealth of knowledge, wealth of information. We are not far from areas that are impoverished. Yeah, and far. yet in those impoverished areas, there are hardworking people just like there are here. There are people who want more and want better in those areas just like they are here. But on both sides, there are some people who think here that people who live there, just they just don't want to move forward. Yeah, they they, they want to be the way that they are. They don't work as hard or right. you know, they just make a whole lot of bad mm -hmm. decisions and they're in the situation they're in because of their lifestyle mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And as people in those impoverished areas mm -hmm. who look at these areas and they look and think, they just had everything handy. They were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. They don't work. They don't work. They, they don't do anything. They, they never had to uh, like suffer or uh -huh, uh -huh. have hard times to get to where they are. It's like it, it was magic or something. And, and I, we were talking that in this structure and context of family, mm, yeah, the good. playing field is leveled. Yeah. And, and sometimes the reason, one of the reasons we do not like talking about pointing out color of skin because it separates us and we don't look at ourselves as one human family, right. as a family under God for those of us who are born again and that we both have something to offer. The family who's in the impoverished neighborhood has something to offer the family who's in the for affluent sure. area. Sure. The same way the family in the affluent area has something to offer the family in the impoverished area. And when we can see each other that way, we can bring the playing field level for both families. Right. But if we don't come to this table of conversation like this, if we refuse to sit and say, you know what, I did grow up in a privileged area. I did grow up without ever having to worry about police encounters. Right. I did grow up without you know, my schools were excellent. I, yeah. I all of these things. We had, we had it all. I, I didn't grow up like you. That is privilege. Yeah. But it's not acknowledging that it's not unto condemnation. Absolutely. It's not to produce this term that you hear now as well, white guilt. It's mm -hmm. not unto any of that because nope. that's not of the Lord. So we're not saying that. But you do have to recognize that, hey, I do have privilege. And honestly, with privilege and what I've honestly recognized since living in Frisco as well, that when you're put in this position as a kingdom citizen, you have actually have a responsibility to those that don't have. That's right. You That's know, right. remind me that right. I was reading in uh, Psalm 82 today and uh, it says that it, Psalm 82, 3 and 4 says, defend the poor and the fatherless. Yeah, yeah. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Yeah. Deliver the poor and needy and free them from the hand of the wicked. Yeah. So it's like when 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 if you are in that position of privilege or or you have wealth or whatever that looks like or you have this knowledge that others don't have, you honestly have a responsibility as a citizen to help those that do not. That's right. Because it's about releasing freedom. That's right. And that's what God has called us to as as citizens of His kingdom, where we see bondage where we see justice, where we see where people aren't free, it's not to look down upon them and say, hey, you need to. why didn't you do <laughs> yeah. X, Y, Z, yeah. or why aren't you doing better? It's to say, hey, I want to get to know you. Yeah. I want to know your story. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And begin to form a relationship right. 
to, to build people up. That's right. You know, that's right. And, and if I'm on the opposite end and I'm in the unprivileged position, it is not for me to look at that person who is, who has, and say, you know what? Oh, they just, they didn't work for it. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They don't know what it's like being me. So I have a privilege to, so I have the right to criticize, lash out, to lash out. To, <laughs> yeah. to riot, whatever it looks like. You know what, what I mean? Whatever it may be, I do not. In, in our society, we were, uh, and this is when you mentioned that, this aspect of serving. In, in Matthew uh, 20, this is what the Lord tells the disciples because they were having this conversation. The Bible says the mother of Matthew 20, 20, the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he says, ask what, what you wish. She was asking not in the, or in the earshot, but not in the middle of the rest of the disciples of her two sons. She said, grant that these two sons of mine sit on your right hand. Grant the privilege of them to be at a higher place than everyone else. Hmm. She wanted to create this system. She wanted, she was looking to get her sons, which, you that's know. That's a mother, right? That's a mother, right. That's what we do. I want my kids to have the best. Exactly. And so, Jesus said, you don't know what you're, you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said, we are able. And he says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism, but to sit on my right hand and on my left, it's not mine to give, but whom it is prepared for by my father. Here is what we're after. The other disciples heard it. Now they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. They're greatly displeased by this conversation. Jesus called them to himself and he says this in verse 24. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, uh, 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 the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise great authority over them. He says, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Here is the crux mm. of destroying privilege systems. Here is the crux of destroying white privilege. Here is the crux of destroying the woe is me syndrome. Mm -hmm. The, you know, I need handout syndrome. All of that. He says, he says, uh, whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come if, if anyone was privileged, right. it was the son of man, Jesus Christ. Right. He said, but he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. To destroy this idea of privilege in our society, white privilege, any other, what, whatever we want to raise up, to destroy this self-pity. This pride, this reverse pride yeah. Yeah. of self-rejection and woe is me. Give me a handout. Right. He says, become a servant of everyone. He says, serve everyone and then become a slave. If you want to be number one, become a slave of all men. You know, not in the sense that you bondage me, but I'm right. a bondage to you, Lord. I right. give right. my life as a and bond servant to own. you. Yeah. My life is not my own, so I lay it down for others around me. So we have a responsibility in, if we have this privileged position to allow what he, and, and this is why we have this conversation, for me to recognize, you know, I have been in this position. I, I didn't do it myself. I'm not purposely living here, but I've been given, I was born into a society, a culture, a place where I was more privileged than someone else. I'm going to take what was given to me and I'm going to help turn someone else's life around who was not in that position. Which is totally counterculture of today's culture. To say that I'm going to help someone else, Mm -hmm. to say that I'm going to not feel like I need to be exalted because of where I am, my status Mm -hmm. and something like that. It's total count on the culture, but Jesus' kingdom is, is an upside-down kingdom. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Julio, I see your question, brother. I'm so grateful you asked that. And it's something that uh, is huge. I, I believe that part of... I read that question because others it, may not... The question, the question that was sent is, uh, how, do you feel that, how do you feel father or fatherlessness, fatherless homes impact privilege? It is tremendous in that the system that has been set up, this privileged system created a divide and then you have fathers who felt frustrated. We've had fathers right now. If you do not know, statistics say that currently we live in the most fatherless generation that was not created by war or death. So in other words, there were other generations that had more fathers missing World War II, right. places like that. But it was because the fathers went off to war right. and lost their lives. But today, fathers are absent by choice. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, and we talk about this with systemic racism, and even with this privilege, that there is this place where some fathers felt, I just can't break through this glass ceiling. There's so much against me in an African-American community, in Hispanic communities, and they just checked out. So what has happened is now you've created an even larger divide between those who have and those who have not. Because I believe that the responsibility of fathers, and, and I'll speak of my own life because I've told my sons this, that as a father and my daughter, that I am to be a bridge to your future. You know, like here mm -hmm. in Frisco, right uh, at the border of Frisco and Prosper, Texas, 380, we have this overpass yeah. that goes over 380. What's the overpass for? So you don't have to stop at the stoplight. Right. Uh, that's a father. Right. It's a bridge. It's a bridge. So you don't have to stop at all of these checkpoints and all of these different things. Uh, I believe that some of uh, the encounters negative encounters with sons, with, with young black men and in, in police, if fathers were present in their life, those encounters wouldn't, have, wouldn't, wouldn't take place and they wouldn't go the way that they, they've gone. Right. I believe that sometimes the lack of fathers creates certain privileges for others that wouldn't necessarily be there had a father been in their life because he creates that bridge. Right. I'm going to help springboard you to another place that you would meant. And I, I believe in the last episode, uh, we talked about this aspect that a, a couple of uh, ministry friends of mine here. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is a, a real good to what your, your question you're asking, Julio. The, the couple of ministry friends of mine right here, they happen to be Caucasian. It doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter. But they happen to be. I remember one of them started his ministry, literally just started it, and he got an office in downtown Dallas. I'm like, wow. I, I was excited for him, but I asked him how much, because I was new here. Yeah. Does an office like this cost, because I know what it costs in downtown Chicago. Downtown Dallas. And I'm like, it's not in too. downtown Dallas. This is what he said to me. He says, you know, I don't, I don't really know. My father had this, and he... Gave to me to help me stop. His father was being a bridge for him that he didn't have to face and go through certain things that he already did. Some people would is, look at that. Which is privilege. <laughs> yes. But on a in, good, it, in, in it of itself, that's not bad. That's what not. a father should do. That's what a father does. But yeah. where it becomes a problem is when people who have been fathered. Yes don't understand that some people haven't been fathered mm -hmm. and then you have to understand that the way that you encounter and what you need to do for them may look a little different, different. Absolutely. but it but it's not that they're necessarily bad people or That's something right. like that but they you had something that they didn't yep, yep. so it's gonna look different yep. mm -hmm. but we're supposed to do something about that Absolutely. and not just yep. uh, be frustrated mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. want to do something so yeah I mean, and, and as African Americans who live we shouldn't automatically lash out at those who 
uh, don't understand that they've walked in a place of privilege. Because right, right. this has just been it's normal worse. to them. Right. This right. is normal life. And so I shouldn't want to just lash out and say, you had it easy or right. you haven't had it. They're like, hey, it was tough for me in my world. Right. In the context. In the context. That I live as well. Yeah. Like it's not been just like, you know. Roses. And, and peaches and cream like yeah. my mom used to say. But, you know, there, there are challenges on both sides. But I think there's a level of, of, like you said, from those that didn't have that to have mercy on other people in their understanding and getting to the level of understanding people that have not. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, we, we understand emotion, understand frustrations and stuff like that. Because honestly, with this whole thing with race, there have been times when I've been frustrated. There's been times when I've been angry and things like that. But what I understand more than anything is Holy Spirit, there is a righteous anger that has to arise. When Jesus went into the temple because they were, you know, selling and merchandising into this temple, he was angry. He went over there and flipped tables, but there was a righteous anger. Yeah. yeah. So what we can do is that taking our anger into unrighteousness and going down paths of bitterness and stuff like that, we can actually use that anger as fuel yeah. to do something to change the course of a generation. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm reading. That's right. Yeah, we do. It, 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 and that's right. Yeah. He says he was writing that uh, we we of the kingdom need to introduce the father, fatherless to the father and build the bridge. It, it is the truth. Uh, I wasn't upset, you know, that my friends, that was one of them. And another one was given a building to start his church by his father. I wasn't upset at them, but I realized that there was a void for me. That void was my father not being present to build the bridge for me right. to step into that. Into that. Yeah. And, and we have, as you said, Julio, we have this responsibility. We do. We do. We and, have a and thank you for asking questions and thank you for putting comments. Uh, if as long as we see them, we're gonna you we'll know look at them, them because sure. we want to have this has to be a dialogue, yeah. you know, and not just a monologue from us. But we, I realized that there was a measure of privilege that if it, if I were their fathers, I would do, do the same thing for my do, son. Do the exact same thing. It's my plan as a father to do this for my own children. Right. And yet at the same time, I'm looking for the availability and opportunity to do it in the lives of those who are around me. You, you know, there are, you know, where I am, and I'm using this because I grew up, you all heard our story. My brother grew up in Clarksdale, Clarksdale yeah, Mississippi. Mississippi Delta. I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. There were certain things that we just did not see. We, certain yeah. information. That we just didn't have. We didn't have. And today, I'm after that information. Yeah. I'm not holding people accountable for my lack of not having it, but I'm going to those who do have it to ask about it. I'm asking people. It, it doesn't matter what their race is, who they may be. But if I have an understanding that you've owned property, that you've owned this and you were in this, how, how did you do that? You know, you're tapping into something that I believe is kingdom as well. Mm -hmm. It takes an open heart, yes. a heart that has forgiven yeah. people of the past, yes. and a heart of humility yeah. to be able to receive. Yeah. And I think that's also yeah. the posture yeah. of people that, that may not have uh, grew up privileged, or you may yeah. be uh, yeah. in a situation where you were father, yeah. where you grew up fatherlessness, yeah. and that you didn't have a father and things like that. But there, there's a posture of your heart mm -hmm. that will go beyond anything that you've ever seen because an open heart can receive so much. That's right. And it will just come to you. That's right. Honestly. That's right. When your heart is open, yeah. Yeah. you know, when your heart is yeah. open to receive, yeah. to be teachable, yeah. to have that humility, yeah. to ask a question, how did you get there? Yeah. You yeah. know, how did you, how, how did you, how were you able to do this? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a heart that is open to receive, mm -hmm. but sometimes because of the frustration and things you've encountered, the negative experiences that are really true, yeah. they're valid, it happened, people said things, people did things that were definitely 
uh, outside of the character of God. They were racist. They were prejudiced. Whatever you want to call it. But it takes an open heart and forgiving mm -hmm. heart. Mm -hmm. And I believe God is wanting to deal with that even with this issue. Yeah, it's, it is. it's, it's, we're talking about white privilege, but as we continue we, to dive into Indy's conversation, both sides have a responsibility to come to the table, to come to the table so that we can build bridges yeah. uh, of unity and oneness. You, you know, the, as we're saying that, the, the African-American community as a whole has held, has held white America hostage. And, and what do I mean by that? As a young, as a young believer who felt frustrated because I kept making mistakes and I felt as though there was a glass ceiling over my head in ministry, I cried out to the Lord and said, what is wrong with me? And he said to me, he says, you were rejected from the womb. I was living in self-rejection but he said, he says, you know, you, I was rejected by both parents. And then I said, well, what do you want me to do? This is his response. He says, I want you to go to your mother and your father and ask them to forgive you, me. I said, Lord, no, they, I'm the child. They did this, they did this to me. Yeah, Why do I on. need? He come said on. this to me. You have, at, you have been holding your parents hostage mm, to give you something that they should have given you when you were a little boy. And they cannot give you today as an adult male. You can only get it from me. And I'm saying to the African-American community today that you have held white America hostage because of numerous things that have happened in the past in droves. Happened. It legitimately it happened. Real. It's yes. not that stuff really did happen. We are not saying it did not. <laughs> yes, it happened. I am not saying that certain things don't happen today, but black America has held white America hostage to say, come to us, come to us, and you're the one who's privileged, you're the one in these situations, and you need to start the conversation. You need to ask us what life is like with us. And I believe that there's a grand opportunity Yes. Is there a grand opportunity for those who may be white American? Absolutely. But I also believe that there's an opportunity for those who are blacks in America to go to those who are whites and say, you know what? Forgive me for holding you hostage for what your ancestors may have done, what your ancestors did. That is not you. It may not be you. I need to get to know who you are and where you are. And at the same time, there is, yes, I'm not saying that there's not a need from white America to come to black America and say, you know what? We've looked at you as a certain way as people who were lazy and not wanting this. So whatever it may be. But I believe that there is this posture on both sides, mm -hmm. both sides, not just one that must be humble and must come to this table in repentance for past atrocities. Yes but for holding on to mindsets today. When we on both sides hold on to mindsets, we are keeping the system built. Right. We're keeping the system in play and not allowing God to dismantle it right before our eyes. Oh, that's good, brother. You know. That's good. I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> right now. Actually, with that, I, I do want to yeah. say something that God really put up put upon my heart as we've been diving in this conversation with race, you know, it, it's, it's been a difficult journey for a lot of people to want to step in. And I think for some people, there's been this, yeah. like, I want to, but I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, what people are going to think. So again, again, race divides, we understand that, but God did have me that I wanted to say something to my white brothers and sisters. I felt like the Lord was saying that I believe there are some people, yeah. well, my white brothers and sisters, who God have been tugging on your heart with this conversation around race. As, as situations have happened, as things has happened here recently, you know, God has begun to shift in the posture of your heart to where before you may have thought that, oh, this stuff is not happening, it's not real, to where God is giving you revelation right now that, hey, there is something to it because there has been an injustice that, that has happened. You know, the things that are happening uh, and you, you're feeling this, and it's not unto guilt. 
It's not unto manipulation or those types of things. And, um, but I believe uh, there's, there's some movement happening, but I believe that fear is rising in your heart. And I just wanna say that what God is doing is not unto fear, it's not manipulation that what you're feeling is real. Because as a kingdom citizen, wherever there's injustice, you have a responsibility to step in. So what I heard the Lord saying is the same thing that he said to Joshua when Moses had died. He said, be very courageous. He said, be strong and be very courageous. So I challenge you when you, as you feel this, because you feel like you may be ostracized by your friends, you may be ostracized by your family, even some people you may go to church with if you dive into this conversation around race. But I want to say you do have a place to speak. Yeah. And what you're feeling is from the Father and that God has ordained you for this very hour, just like my brother and I, you have a voice and you have something to say. Yeah. And what you may lose is mirrors is very small to what you are gained by being obedient to the Lord. Yeah. I just felt like God wanted to encourage some that feel like they want to dive into this, but there's just a fear because we live in a council culture. Yeah. We live in a society yeah. where we're so divided politically, and if you don't align with a certain party, if you're this race, or if you don't align with this one, you're going to be ostracized, or if you, you have friends and family that you've been raised this certain way, and if I say something different, I'm not going to have my connection with my family. But I just want to challenge you. This is the hour. Yeah. That what you may lose is very small compared to what you yeah. will gain with God's obedience. Yeah. So I don't know. I just yeah, felt yeah. like there was of the Lord and I need to share that. Yeah. So hopefully it was somebody that's watching or somebody yeah. that yeah. may tune we'll in yeah. or will watch. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, I, I, this one scripture as you was reading that in Revelation, uh, because what my brother shared, I really, really, really feel like that's from the Lord. It's something I've been challenging our church with for the last several weeks is that we don't need a do over on 2020. Even though everybody said, man, it's been a rough, we need to do over. No, we need to step into our assignment and who we've been called to be. And for so many of us, that may be just having a conversation with the people down the hall from you or, or down the street from you. It may be engaging in a way that is uncomfortable, but the end result is the peace in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And we're in an hour where everything is distracting us, it's pulling us so many different directions. Everyone, we want to be politically correct. You better say right. the right thing. Better do the right thing. You're going to get canceled if you don't. And, yo, <laughs> and we don't realize that in Revelation 12, 10, and, and, and I'm sure we'll probably finish with this unless the yeah. Lord does something else. He says this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. And, I, and I'm sure many of us are familiar with it. He says, then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. For, listen to this, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. Uh, the, what I want to highlight, because the, the verse after that I want to read as well. The accuser of the brethren, that word for accuser is the Greek word categorio, where we get our word for categories. Mm -hmm. The enemy is the Accuser. He is the ones, one who categorizes everything. The enemy wants to categorize us so that we are separated and divided, mm -hmm. that we cannot come into this power of Christ where the kingdom of God is manifest. And he has categorized us by skin color, skin texture, by political affiliation, by neighborhood, neighborhood gender. He's done this job. He's accused us. He's categorically placed us in boxes everywhere. And what my brother read from the Lord is to tear down categories, is to tear down. Because the very next verse says, after he says the one who's categorized us, and he's done it day and night, and it says, and they overcame him. <laughs> we overcome the one who separated us based on this. 
who's separated us based on us devaluing people, based on whatever, separated us by neighborhoods, separated us by school systems, separated us by gender, separated us by all of these things, says we overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony. Every one of us has something to share of the goodness and the glory of yeah. God inside yeah. of our lives that is beneficial to someone. And for many of us, we're holding it back. And we're not sharing it. Right. That's good. And yeah. By the word of their testimony. And here's the third one. My brother talked about the fear and being courageous. And they love not their lives even unto death. There's three reasons. The, uh, the uh, blood of the lamb. Mm -hmm. The word of their testimony. And fear was no, nowhere in their life. Yeah. They didn't love their life to the death. The Lord in this hour is calling us to lean upon his blood. Mm -hmm. lean upon what he's done inside of our life, the testimony of his goodness and the lack of fear. The enemy has come to cause us to fear, to be silent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this interesting thing that this year on the Hebrew calendar is a year 5780. It's the year of the mouth. And inside of our society today, they got us wearing masks. Yeah. That's interesting. The word of their testimony. Right. And they didn't love their lives to the death. Lack of fear. So we just want to encourage us to have this conversation. To tear down the systems of the enemy. To not continue to feed them with our refusal to acknowledge where we might be. And our hatred and anger and rage at where we perceive someone is. Yeah, that's good. And to actually dive in. Dive in. And to be what he's called us to be. Yeah, man, that's so good and you know when you say where we're supposed to be you know we have this responsibility I, I, I just I know I've said that we have a responsibility and our allegiance to Jesus is greater than any other allegiance that we should have yeah. so we have a responsibility to dive in so you know we're we're only two voices that are speaking I believe God is raising up other voices, mm -hmm. but even for people that are watching or may watch in, in later on or in the future, you have something to say. Yeah, that's the truth. You, that's the truth. yes, you definitely should be diving into this conversation because where there is injustice, yeah. where there is bondage, mm -hmm. we're called as citizens of kingdom yeah. to release the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, mm -hmm. which is all about freedom. Mm -hmm. So if we'll serve humanity, privilege can never exist. We've been called in the kingdom. Our king came to serve humanity. He set aside his privilege. If we will serve humanity, we will tear down the systems of white privilege. We would tear down the systems of any you know, privilege that devalues, dehumanizes anyone else. If we will do what he's told us to do, and that's serve our brothers, yeah. serve our sisters, and serve humanity for the kingdom's sake. Amen. Love you all. Thank you for joining us. Thanks you for uh, watching. Stay locked into our Facebook page, and we'll uh, release the dates for our next podcast coming up. Yeah. And uh, we'll throw some other stuff up there from time to time. Yeah. Just to keep you stuff. engaged. Love you all. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. See you next time.